Is is he not showing up on time because I'm here? Is that what's wrong? No, he's out there and then oh, okay. he dropped his key fob and oh, that's the worst. he's here. <laughs> it's the worst feeling in the world. Welcome into the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Uh, the return to 100% is, is slowly but surely getting there. I've made my way back to the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. I am, I am no longer sitting in my detached garage with my dumb rooster rolling around uh, cockadoodle doing the, the entire show. I'm no longer having to worry about a dog pushing my door open so that we get the negative five degree temperature. And it's actually gorgeous out right now. It's awesome. What do we have? Thirty four degrees? Is that right? Hey, compared to five negative wind chills, that's yeah, it sounds pretty oh, good. We gotta call Ginny Bronchek. I'm glad. Uh Ginny B, you need the number? Uh, I just I we were sitting there make, waiting on we were laughing about you dropping your fob when you were walking in. Uh and then I was talking to uh, Tanner, here, you need the number? I got it right here for you. Yeah, text it to me Hold if you on. don't mind. I did just, I literally just got done texting her. So, yeah. Uh, I said, see, this is what happens. I said 903, it's 905. I should have just stayed home. And then that way things would be okay. Here you go, it's coming to you. Uh, Jenny Bronchek will kick off the show. But no, uh, pumped to be back. Let's uh, let's get rolling on the text line, 405-651-3439. If you want to jump in on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line, you can do so as well, too. 405-329-9000. And as always, as always, Twitter, at Josh on Ref. I'm at Plank Show. And everybody should follow us at KREF Sports. Uh, We're going to talk about, I mean, listen, the the never-ending conversation on NIL and and, and Portal Talk. There's a little bit of news. The numbers continue to grow for Alabama. Um, 23 total players in the Portal since the Rose Bowl. 6D commits. And look at the depth chart is wild. And oh yeah, Oklahoma men's basketball gets a big win last night. But it is a uh, quote-unquote midweek off for the OU women's basketball team. So let's talk a little bit about what's coming up for Ginny Baranchek and the Sooner crew. She joins us right now on the program. Good morning, Coach. How is, uh, how's this week treating you? Good morning, and how about our men's win last night? Uh, Wasn't that fun? Hey, did I tell you? Hold on. I got, I got, I got something for you here, speaking of the men. <laughs> okay. Uh, a couple weeks ago, actually last week, Porter was on the show with us. And I was I was telling Porter about how much uh, I thoroughly enjoy whenever I'm on the road with you watching his daughter basically as almost an assistant coach over there. I mean, she is yeah. she is in it. She knows. Okay, I want I want you to hear what Porter Moser had. Can we play this for her, Josh, real quick? Here's what Porter said when I asked him about watching his daughter and, and what he said about you. I want you to hear this. You know what I love about Jenny Bronchek is I remember hearing Jenny in her press conference in her open thing talking about empowering young women. And my daughter's on the team. She 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 doesn't get minutes. Jenny's empowered her right. with that. It's just, it's just an empower of impacting people and empowering young people in any phase. And, man, she empowered my daughter to take on that, that scouting role and, you know, whatever she can do. How cool is that? I mean, he's the best. So, like, he just really is. And that, you know, that means a lot because I think so highly of him. And his daughter is just awesome. Mm. Like she just really is. So we are just we are lucky. You know this this business can be really hard. This coaching business, right? And we get so siloed into a column of a win or a loss, 
and then you get you just work harder and you work harder and you work harder. And so when you get to be surrounded by such amazing people, um, there's really nothing better because nobody really so understands cool. sitting in that seat until you do it. Right. And trust me, like I watch everyone else's team and I can coach other teams better. But, <laughs> but when you, you know, but when you sit there and, you know, you're making decisions and you're, you know, you're doing the best you can do and you're doing all these different things and you're getting pulled in a million different directions to be able to have somebody that can give you, they can say stuff like that, you know, when they're, when they're kids in your program is, is incredible, but also just the way that he does things. I mean, he's unreal like he is he is the best partner you could ever have in this that's so cool uh speaking of cool what a bounce back for your sooners on saturday against texas tech um i I, i've told i've told this story a bit i was i was creeping on you coach i was watching you watch tape whenever we were flying back from the kansas state game and i could see some frustration (laughs) (laughs) i would i would see every now and then like you you turn and you throw your hands up So I, I, I know I know that there was some missed opportunity, maybe some meat left on the bone from Kansas State, but how impressed were you with the way that this team bounced back against the Red Raiders on Saturday? Well, I think what our team is really figuring out is it's not even necessarily who you play against. It's how you continue to develop and play. Like you're competing. When you play is such a long season, and basketball is a long season, you compete against yourself. You know, you got to shop, and yeah, there's a game plan, and you know, your Texas Tech doesn't have Aoka Lee, but they have, you know, two guards that can just flat out just, you know, score. And for us to be able to change those game plans, but for us to be able to start to understand that piece is, it's just about you playing against yourself every day. And when we can get to that, we're going to be a lot better. So I was really proud of the way that we came out in that game. Um, and then I thought we did a really nice job just finishing strong. What um, I wanted to just in looking over the stat sheet uh, from from watching the game on Saturday, there's a couple of things that jumped out. First, to see Lexi Keys shoot the ball that yeah. the, the way that she is, and I I mean I've, you're not going to go five for five or nine for nine every single game, but uh, have you just seen her get more comfortable in in her role? I know that she finished with 15 points, but it really seems like she's shooting it better. Well, I think for Lexi, it's not a, it's not a, I mean, she's in the gym all the time. She wants it so bad. She's one of those players that just works so incredibly hard that she almost wants it too much. And there is a fine line of that and being able to allow it to come and kind of get in your flow. And I thought, I thought she was incredible. Her whole game was incredible. And I, I yeah, the ball went in the hole, but I think you could see just a relaxed, State and yet finding that, you know, I mean, she set the tone defensively. Her and Nevea taught, I thought, were phenomenal defensively. And so I think that really led into that as well. Um, and then I I guess I – what's the meme with Shaquille O'Neal? It's like I wasn't familiar with your game. I don't think I was familiar with just the size that Peyton Verholst has, right? I mean, listen, I don't know if she's going to be able to match up one-on-one with the Aoka Lees, but she can get some points if she wants uh, down in the paint. I know it's been a bit of a struggle for her shooting the ball, but uh, how much has her comfort level increased, Coach, and in what you want and what you need of her? I think we're going to continue to see her get more confident as time goes. Yeah. And 
You know, I think you, I think we underestimate a little bit too, because, you know, she did, she played her freshman year. She didn't play a, you know, then she was out a whole year. And so it's almost like, and then she transferred. So she's got a system, you know, change. And so I think there's some of that and you can see some flashes of really good things and really impressive things. Um, and so I think that is, it's just going to come and it's just going to continue to come. Cause I think she's a high IQ player. I think she's somebody that has a good feel for the game. Um, and she's just finding that balance right now. She's also one that really reads the game mm. well. And so she, it's going to take her a second to read her teammates. Now we're past that second and it's going to start coming, you know, um, but she is, she's got something to her because she can really score at different levels. And I think she's, uh, I really think it's going to really start turning soon. I, I will say in watching her coach, it doesn't seem like she lacks any confidence. No, I don't think, I don't think that it's a confidence. I don't think it's a work. I think it's, it's just allowing that, again, that feel. And mm-hmm. so you can see her. You know, especially defensively, I think she started to do some really great things for us, which have then translated onto the offensive end. Because um, I think sometimes we put so much on the offensive end that you kind of forget the defense or you put just on the defense, and you, don't, you know. So I think we're really, again, trying to find that balance. But you can see her, um, you know, being able to really read her opponent's a lot better as time has gone on, which has allowed us to do some things defensively. You know, uh, I, I know Aubrey Jones has been in a little bit of a slump, but I love her personality. When you have a, a shooter <laughs> that comes off a tough game, do you have to say anything, uh, or is it just, hey, she's going to fire away and those shots are eventually going to drop for her? Because she's doing things in other places, right? She's doing it with her defense. She's doing what she can to try to get involved on forcing turnovers and getting on the boards. It's not like she's – Missing shots, it just taps out, right? No, hundred percent. And yeah. and Aubrey's blue, Aubrey's blue collar. You know, she's not she's not one that um, she's just going to show up with her lunch pail and she's going to work every day. And I love that about her. And that's that's why she's here. And you know, again, she's one of those players where you're like, okay, so she's she's not hitting shots, and then you're like, okay, let's get a rotation, and all of a sudden she comes up with some kind of a rebound, <laughs> or she comes up with, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, you have to have Aubrey. You have to have her on your team to be able to be successful. I mean, she puts her hard hat on and she just goes. She's she's really low maintenance, but just plays her tail off every single day. Speaking of someone that looks like they play their tail off, and uh, I, I I have enjoyed watching her. I don't know, you know, what the development process is like, but Landry Allen. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say I was a little bit jaw dropped when she uh, jacked up a couple of threes uh, in Manhattan, but uh, obviously you've given her that freedom. Where's her biggest growth still to come? Because she has uh, she has the size, and it seems like she has the attitude too. She does have the attitude, and I think she's you know I mean she's one that we've talked a lot about really having so much growth throughout the season because she's a freshman. She's you know without Liz Scott, her time uh, she's got a lot more game minutes. Then maybe she we maybe she would have as a freshman. So the physicality of her game is going to continue to develop. That's really where a big development piece will be. Uh, I feel like her footwork's getting better. I feel like even her toughness. I mean, there was a there was a point in the game where she got the wind knocked out of her, and she kind of starts to go down, and the ball comes around her, and she shoots right up and kind of blocks the shot, and then goes back down. You know, and so it's like. 
she has that element of uh, of toughness more mm. than probably you give her credit for because she smiles all the time and she's <laughs> happy all the time. Um, but she does have some offensive skill sets that we need, especially stretching the floor. Uh, her touch around the rim is really good. Uh, and I think her mindset is going to continue to develop because, you know, I mean, this is a beast of a conference. This isn't just, oh, you're coming in and now it's conference time. You just get to go play college basketball. I mean, she's coming from Tuttle High School to the Big 12 right. playing against an All-American center, you know, where it's like she got buried a couple times and we're yelling at her to hold her ground more, you know, <laughs> and – She's sitting here like, I don't know what else to do. And, you know, and yet we're like, well, you got to do more, you know. So I think her development is going to continue to come, but I think you're going to just see her, you know, our hope is February, March, you start to see her walk in the gym different. Right. You know, now she's coming into play and we've got to have her really make that shift. And I think she's going to. Well, you, you mentioned this league. It is something else, right? Uh, it, Bay, Baylor's rolling. They're undefeated on the season. And then they lose in Lawrence. And then Iowa State gets them, right? Uh, it, it, Texas rolling. They fall to they fall to Baylor. They have a tough West Virginia. I mean, Coach, this is yeah. – this. everyone talks about the men's side of it. I think it's equally uh, as wild. It's an anything can happen on any given night in this league, isn't it? Anything can happen on any given night. Uh, you're 100% right. And I feel like we have so – many talented All-Americans in this league. I mean, we have a talented teams, obviously. Um, but we also have, you know, there's a mix of a lot of experience. And then there's a mix of teams like in Iowa State who is young. And so, you know, they, they're going to play different at, at different times. You know, I mean, we go and we play at Houston on Saturday Plank, they're averaging in conference about 50 points on the road and 80 points at home. What? You know, I mean, that is significant when you're talking about where you're playing and what team you're preparing for. So there's some of that as well with the new teams, um, with, you know, teams like us that are a little bit younger, teams like an Iowa State that are a little younger. And then you have those teams full of experience, your Kansas State, your Kansas, your Texas. You know, you have these teams that have so much experience. Um, so it is. It's, it's a really fascinating league. And any given night, anybody can do anything. You got time for two more quick ones, Coach? You got to get? Absolutely. Okay, okay, good. Always. All right. Uh, first, you mentioned the league. We saw the story with TCU, right? And the numbers, and they end up having to forfeit a couple of games. Uh, d- does that – trigger something for you I mean does it does it cause you to kind of look around and evaluate things I mean when you see a story like this I would imagine a lot of coaches are feeling some kind of way because I don't think Mark Campbell just wants to have to not play basketball games for TCU well you know honestly I don't know enough to be able to really even have the conversation on it um but I do know it's it's been so interesting the last few years really since COVID when you start to you start to gain perspective of, oh, yeah, it's not given. Nothing's given. Right. You know, and as time has gone on, and it feels like, obviously, I think it's more accessibility from a media standpoint, there's been injuries. Right. You know, season-ending injuries. You have mental health. You have people that are ending their season playing because of their mental health. I mean, those are real factors. And so it's kind of adds another element of, okay, what are we doing to really help 
these young people navigate life. Mm. Mm. And I think it gives, I think that gives me more perspective of that because you get so into your game plans. You get so into that win loss column that we kind of forget that sometimes, you know, especially at Oklahoma, right? Where we want to win every single game that we play and every sport that we play. And they're on this pedestal and they're on this platform. Um, we have to remain really humble and we have to remain still with our student athletes because even as coaches, we get pulled in so many different directions. You know, we are still major influences in their life outside of those four lines. That, and so we have to take that very seriously. That is a great answer. That is a great answer. And then finally, uh, Liz Scott, you mentioned down, not able to play, but still around. What has she been able to to provide? I know I watched her. She was she was working on the treadmill. She's around this team whenever we went to to Provo. What what has she been able to provide, even though she can't play? Yeah, I think she just she she's kind of this go between right now between a coach and still a student athlete, and so she has a perspective that's very unique that no one else has. And I think what she does a great job of is she's able to share that perspective. You know, now she's on, she's on us with our, you know, especially rebounding, because that's something that was, she was so good at. And that's something that we need to be really good at. And so she's able to call people up. She's able to, you know, she likes to track rebounding and tell us that we're not boxing out and things like that, you know, and I love, and I love that. I love that. Um, but she's also somebody from even a coach perspective that we can gain a little bit more insight about, okay, where are they at? So she stays within the group. She's still a little older. Um, and, and so she's got that wisdom. She's got that maturity from that, but also can see different vantage points. So I'm excited for, for her and obviously staying present. I think she's doing a great job, but I think it's going to really impact her game when she gets to come back next year, which is really going to be cool to be able to see that. So awesome. Coach, thanks for your time. I know you're very busy. Best of luck in Houston. We'll talk to you again soon. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much, everybody. Boomer. Sooner. That's Jenny Baranchek. She's the best. Uh, Yeah, that story out of TCU. Maybe we should go ahead and just hit that real quick before we go to a break. Um. TCU has had to forfeit two basketball games. The women's team has had to forfeit two basketball games because they don't they don't have enough players to field 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 a roster field field um which is wild because they have a 14 person roster online. Now we know they just lost one player and that Sedona Prince has been down with a hand injury. So uh, it's just, I don't understand. Now, these losses don't affect your overall record, which is weird, but it affects your Big 12 record. So, I mean, there seems to be a little bit of a conspiracy in that, and I don't know how that would affect your, your overall net rankings. I mean, there was. I mean, Coach Cole could come on here. I I would imagine whenever you know she was last couple of seasons, there were some times where they had injuries, and I I know that they played in games where they only had maybe what seven healthy players, 
So there's a part of me that's like, I've seen coaches do this and navigate it and make it work. But it felt like 2020 all over again, Josh, whenever I saw the release. And, and trust, as somebody who is just getting over a, a little bit of a bug, um, yeah, I know what it's like whenever you're down and you don't want to get everyone sick, right? You don't want to have to battle through it like that. But, wow, that's uh, – Just unusual. Don't, don't see it. Yeah. It's wild. So TCU women will not play their next two games. Oh, and then there was – I mean, I guess what? Kansas State had traveled to the game? So Kansas State was in Fort Worth, and they were getting ready to play, and TCU was like, man, we can't go. We had three players get hurt in practice, and we just – we don't have anyone. You want to take them at the word, but it's just – it's weird. And they're not offering refunds, even to the Kansas State people that came. Just weird. But – Again, as Coach Bronchek said, hey, listen, use this opportunity to say, all right, let's step back and make sure we're doing what we can to take care of you know, every aspect, the mental health of it, the well-being of our student athletes. Good stuff from Coach Ginny B. The best thing you can do, if you appreciate hearing Coach on this show, the best thing that you can do is to buy a ticket. Go see this women's basketball team play. They're fun. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, oh, it was – it was quite the day yesterday in college football. And I feel like until, until the final shoe drops in the coaching carousel, I kind of feel like that's how it's going to be. So what did we learn? What did we learn? We'll dive into it next right here on the Home of Sooner Fan. A couple of quick headlines from last night. Just real quick. Obviously, OU men win 77-63 over West Virginia. Good win. Much needed. By the way, Cincinnati's kind of a problem. Folks, I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's going on up north. Their problem. And that's going to be a tough environment on Saturday. But I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see the Sooners go into that uh, Bears den, if you will. Yep, go win that one. Get above 500 in the league would be nice. If they if they win that one, if if they win that one, dude, that's a good win. Cincinnati's good. Now, there is also this part of me that stops and wonders, what's going on in Texas right now? We've got some horns down whining to get to coming up here in just a bit. Yep. They got to stop that, man. I know. And from leaders of the university. I, I mean, I understand. Like, for instance, for instance, there's this faction that likes to say, well, Oklahoma's poor. You know, we do we're like, yeah, you're dumb. And we just move on. This whole feeling like you need to lecture us on when you can and you can't use or how it's basically some sort of horrible derogatory thing to do is to flash the horns down. I mean, stop. Ronnie Terry, you're better than that. I mean, what are we even doing right now? And if you missed it, last night after the game, some UCF players, after UCF went to Austin and beat Texas, it's a big win for them. Uh, some players are like flashing horns down, I guess, in the handshake, handshake line. line. And even though Texas had a 12-point halftime lead, they got outscored 45-27 in the second half and lost. And Rodney Terry went off. We'll play the audio here in a bit. Uh, also, Houston kicked the absolute snot out of Texas Tech last night, 77-54. to So it was a fun night in the Big 12. But, yeah, the what, what are we even doing right now, Rodney Terry? Come on. I like him, too. I, I, mean, I, I do too. This this instance was not a great look. Don't try to 
coach kids that aren't your kids to coach. That's right. That's right. Just it's like like trying to parent kids that hey, are not your kids. The Nate Oates thing the other night. I understand that was a little bit different because it was a media timeout and you were getting in your huddle, but he didn't he didn't need to get and start pushing that kid back towards his let someone else unless it's really starting to escalate, but the SEC reprimanded him. The coaching kids that aren't your kids. Yeah, it's a that's a great way to put it. Just just take your L and move on. It sucks. Talk to it the, sucks. Talk to the opposing head coach. Right. Hey Johnny, listen, I, I'm so happy that you're doing well, man. Just that's really disrespectful. Disrespectful. To me. And and, that, then, and leave it at that. And then it doesn't blow over into this well it doesn't it doesn't morph into this, right? That no. you and I and everybody nationally is not talking about how soft Texas is and Rodney Terry is. So I spent last night, Josh, I spent last night immersed in a world of college football podcasts. I I don't know why. I don't know. And there there is there seems to be this almost line that's been drawn in the sand, right? And it's and on one side is those who love what's going on right now and are immersed in it and think it's the greatest thing ever with quote-unquote free agency and watching big bad Bama have to deal with everything that we've all dealt with before, right? Sure. Right? It's great. And then there's this other side, this other side that's saying, yeah, you know, it's great that Nick Saban is gone. It equals a playing field, but it's not suddenly making – the entire playing field equal. It's not bringing everyone back into the game. And and then there's that side that's fans got to do whatever they want. We need to crowdfund. We need to do this. And then there's this other side that's like, what, 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 are, what are we doing? What, you mean you're trying to tell me I have to pay money to pay these players whenever these universities are billion-dollar entities in their athletic departments? So I've just – I've been – I, I I'm. What's the meme? It'll show two guys fighting, and then there's the guy taking the picture. Right? Have right. you seen that one? They're, they're like, like wrestling. They're wrestling down on the ground, and I'm. I feel like I'm kind of in this. The guy taking the picture. Right? You're just now. watching it unfold. I'm just watching it all, and I'm watching people get mad. I'm watching Bama fan act outraged while we're all kind of like, uh, we've been bro, here. What? What? We've all. You were laughing whenever everyone left. Or I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. The perception was that everyone left Oklahoma. You know, whenever Lincoln Riley left, and trust me, losing Caleb Williams hurt. Did you see Mario Williams landed at Tulane? Seemed odd to me. Anyway, anyway, got the uh, ex Oregon Ducks quarterback going there. Yeah, so I'm trying to stay on top. Ty Thompson. Try to stay on topic here. Sorry, but I don't really know. We're not done yet, guys. Jim Harbaugh is going to leave Michigan, and that's going to open up a whole other Pandora's box because that's going to open that portal at Michigan. And I think that they might be a little better positioned because I think they'll just promote Sean Moore from within, so that might help Michigan not have the exodus that Alabama did. Stability could be a little bit better. But I, I guess here's the question I have in all of this. Is a continued and never, well, I don't want to say never ending, 
but is the problem with the timing of the portal and things of that nature, is it somewhat ignored for now because it is Alabama and because it does seem like it's kind of leveling the playing field a little bit? I mean, I think it's fair to say that you would have players take either less money or whatever phrase you want to use to go to Alabama to play for Nick Saban. You're not getting that rebate anymore, right? And I think you're seeing it play out. I mean, last total I saw was 23 players in the portal, 60 commits. That's a lot. And uh, and 23 significant play. I mean, of those 23, I would say, what, at least you know, 15 of them are good players and two of them are foundational pieces. And uh, you know, a couple more guys maybe have entered since I last looked at it, but with the Caden Proctor news yesterday, Plank, you're talking about eight guys, eight guys – entering the transfer portal since Nick Saban made the announcement. And that doesn't even include what you're talking about, which is the loss of commitments, flipping commitments elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's substantial when you're talking about – that's about 10% of a roster. That's right. That's right. So, I I don't – I was listening to Andy Staples talk about it, and um, it, it, he had a guest on. I wasn't real familiar with the guest that he had on. Uh, and I thought he had a pretty interesting point as far as, you know, you can you can laugh now because Alabama's having to deal with what the rest of us have had to deal with in the world of college football over the last, you know, five years where no one, you know, Alabama fans now are like, this is unfair, this is wrong. It's like, was it unfair when you went and got Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech? To right. You know, I mean, it's just – but I can't help but wonder if – you know, part of this fun and the haha, it isn't. We're, all of us are going to get dinged by it in some way, shape, or form. I mean, go back to even Georgia. After the season was over in Georgia, remember what Aaron Murray was out kind of throwing a little fit about? I've never seen this many five star guys just up and leave. I, is it is the pressure too much for him? Is the money too much? So Georgia's had to deal with it. Not not to this degree. Right where it's like eight contributors and twenty-two total players that are in the portal right now for for Alabama, but I just I don't know if it's one of those things where you sit back and you say deal with it, just deal with it. Sorry, you, this is what it is now. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the show. Or if you sit back, Josh, and you realize, all right, maybe this is the type of thing. Whenever people see it from afar, where they realize. Okay, something probably needs to be done. Something I I, I don't know, but, but it's this, fun but to watch it play out. In this instance, though, it's I mean it's a coaching change. That's right. And the rule that's in place is you have a coaching change, thirty day transfer portal window, and uh, it's only natural that you'll see some attrition in terms of the recruiting ranks. So they're just seeing the reality of replacing Nick Saban is not just some seamless thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It wasn't going to be, unless Nick Saban had his Sharon Moore or Nick Saban, you know, obviously, it's, say this quickly, how does Lincoln Riley? You know, whenever he left, there was a guy that was within the program that was Air ready to take over. Right, waiting in the wings. Had been recruiting these guys. Well, now they get Kalen DeBoer come in, who I'm sure is a great guy, but he's not Nick Saban. I mean, think about this for a moment. Alabama's legacy, their blue blood, it's never going to be questioned. But everything that Nick Saban has done is irrelevant to the start of the 2024 season. Isn't that crazy? But that's the world we live in now. 
It's the world we live in, man. Hey, congratulations on all those championship trophies. Guess what they mean to people coming to Alabama and wanting to play for Alabama? Nothing. Because there's a new coach, and this is that time more than ever when you commit to a coach. Because you can follow him. I committed to Jet Fish because I fell in love with Jet Fish, and I started my career at Arizona. Well, he's going to Washington. Guess what? I'm jumping in the portal, and I'm going to Washington. Two years later, he gets the, I don't know, the Texas job. I'll go play my senior year with Jet Fish at Texas. It's, I mean, it's just the reality of the game we're in right now. And I don't know if it's going to change. All right, we do have to break. Anything else you want to add to the Bama stuff in the last 24 hours before we get a break in here? It's fascinating. I mean, I – Kids are obviously incredibly impressionable in terms of the the latest happening. Yeah. And for Alabama, I mean, 2024 might be the most important season for them since when? Oh, gosh, 20, 2008, which was the year after Nick Saban took over. I mean, you're talking about a program that lost a national championship game or didn't go to a college football playoff and they thought the world was ending. Well, okay, now you're facing a different kind of reality. We got a break. It's a great question. Uh, with Josh, I'm Plank. What's your text next on the raft? Could you imagine? Could you imagine, Josh, if she put her name in the transfer portal, what that would be worth? Oh, my goodness. We, we're talking during the break. I, well, welcome to the Plank Show. We're, we haven't got to be in studio together in a minute, so we're catching up on everything during commercial breaks. And I was telling Josh how um, – and, and I probably need to reach out just to double-check to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. I was listening to a podcast – about Sooner football, one of my favorites. Uh, in fact, George Stoya joins us on the show tomorrow. Eric Bailey at 10.30 today. How about that? Huh? See? Uh, George, I think, is at 10 tomorrow. Eric's at 10.30 today. So don't let me forget, 10.35 to be exact for Eric Bailey. Okay. Um, and as I was listening to this pod, they were bringing up how there was a faction of the fans that were mad because they couldn't find a link to donate to the collective. And to kind of help spread the word or do whatever they can to like a simple easy yeah, yeah. hey here's where I do hey let's go crowdsource let's crowdfund this thing and that's not really been the way that Oklahoma has done it but then I I did have to laugh because I would imagine if they did then people would be like oh get in my trying to get in my pocket for more what are you doing trying to have more so which by the way isn't it like right there on the front page where you can contribute I mean. I, yeah, you literally could do a custom amount. Okay, I, so anyway. Contribute now. There's, <laughs> I, I, I don't help know. Help our Crimson and Cream thrive. Click the contribute now and boom, you're there. I, I, I don't know where the fight started, but that's just, you know. And you could specify sport, whatever you wanted. But to me, it's always kind of been, hey, let's, we're going we're gonna to get our big money donors and we're going to get them involved and they're going to help with this. We're not going to be somebody that's like, you need to start a GoFundMe to make sure that you save this roster. And I don't think that's what anybody truly wants uh, at Oklahoma. But I digress because I was bringing that up to you, and you brought up the Caitlin Clark drama that's going. And I, when I say drama, it's mostly she's got a choice to make after this year, right? Yeah. Because she could come back and play one more year. She has a COVID exception. But she also has a chance to go play pro ball. She's the – Surefire, no duh, number one WNBA draft. But pick. you were telling me thirty of the thirty-two games are like sold out, or have broken attendance records <gasps> where they played. So, Could you? and the only two that didn't were in a, a tournament out in Florida. 
I mean, and so that's when I said, could you imagine what she would be worth in the portal? Oh, dude, it's... And she would make infinitely more money at Iowa or in the portal than she ever would in the WNBA. And that's no knock on the WNBA. I'm I'm a fan. Well, and I, I have to wonder, you know, the Nikes, the Buicks, the Gatorades, for her are not going away if she goes to the WNBA, right? right. But the Iowa City dealership and, you know, High V, do they want to stick on when she goes pro? Yeah, that's a good question. We live in fascinating times, people. We really, truly do. Now, we're not yet at the point where NIL is able to compete with first-round NFL or NBA money, nor do I think we'll ever be. I think at some point there's going to be maybe a cap put on this. And if you think, well, it's always going to be uncapped. Well, I mean, even the NFL realized it had an issue with first-round draft picks. And, and they ended up fixing that. I think I think college sports could find a way to to fix that, if you will. But even, you know, in women's basketball, in softball, I mean, now you're not going to be able to compete with first-round baseball money, but if you get a kid that's having a decision between, hey, I got drafted in the, you know, fourth round, do I want to come play college ball or go to the bigs? Well, now, dude, you come play college ball and you make pretty good money. Sure. Right? You can make it worth somebody's while um, with the right backing. True Sooner has a really good point on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. I can't believe it's already 950. But he writes, I think you're somewhat incorrect on what Saban has done isn't relevant to 2024. With the absurd amount of natties Bama has won in the last 15 years, it still matters, and his mark is deep enough to matter to new recruits coming in for years to come. It may not matter to the kids coming to OU since our natty was before they were born, but it matters to Bama kids. See, I disagree. It, it, it matters a little bit, but we're seeing that it doesn't matter as much as you think because, look, they're having an exodus. You had two of their marquee foundational pieces. Kane Proctor. I can never remember. Caleb Downs. Thank you. Caleb Downs. See, it's Caden and Caleb. It's, yeah, it's easy to mix up. It's like, what? I mean, what, what are you guys, Broken Arrow High Schoolers? It's like, Caden's got a class today. It it um, does still matter, but if you have a bad season, now it doesn't matter at all. If this year's disappointing, all of that goodwill from those national championships is gone because yeah. Saban's gone. Yeah, exactly. And the bad season's here to stay. Now, is there a kid from Dothan, Alabama that might be – a five-star and committed to Alabama because he loves Alabama? Absolutely. But the Kane Proctors of the world, the allure of what Nick Saban can do for you and what Alabama can be, that's dimmed a little bit. Dimmed a little bit. Absolutely. All right, quick break. When we come back, with the best uh, – and, and true, we can debate that today. How do you guys feel? I mean, is that goodwill gone? Or is it still lingering? It could be a, a piping hot take. We'll see. We'll see. It's a plank show right here on The Ref. Trying to cue something up and it's enraging. I'm not. I'm not ever going to try to play audio from my phone again. Sweet quarter zip today, though. Yeah, isn't it? Thanks, dude. It's my OU. This one's about three years old. I'll find one that I like and I keep it and wear it forever. That's that's a nice jump, man. It is. It, it's. You'll see it a lot during the softball season because it's literally the only one I have that. I don't know. It's. Again, it's got to fit and it's got to look right. I haven't had a haircut in like two months. I probably need to do that. You know, I'm hosting 
the OU football banquet on Saturday. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, That'll yeah. be fun. Yeah, it looks really fun. It looks really fun. There is a lot, uh, and I'm really excited about it. It's a big responsibility. It's a big responsibility. Uh, a couple of names that I'm working on. Uh, I mean, because at a at a Poju, at a Boare, you know, just gonna work that one in over and over and over. Yes, he's got a couple of awards that he's won. Spoiler alert: flex your pronunciation muscles. But I'm working on it, so it's gonna. I'm really excited about it. So I need to get a haircut before then. Is what I'm talking about. I th- I'd say today's the day. Got to go look at a car today, Josh. I, I think uh, to have proper haircut response, you got to have like two days. Yeah, right? today's the day. We'll see if we can't make it happen. It's also um, it's also been good on the text line. So when we come back, we'll get our portal update brought to you by Swiftco. As always, Hour 1 has been brought to you by our good folks at Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com. That's vhfence.com. Do it because Bob Stoops said so. And I brought up the whole, hey, what Nick Saban has done, kind of irrelevant to most of these recruits. I want you to hear Andy Stables take on a take off our portal update. Eric Bailey coming up at 1030 right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.